Welcome to the Kaibass Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right. Welcome to KBN Live. What is up, man? Happy Monday. Here we are. Here we are. We're back. Uh, got a good show tonight, man. It is People are trickling in here on Monday on YouTube and Facebook. As you do that, if you saw earlier tonight, we're having a Revo's Throwing Shades Monday giveaway, giving away some sunglasses. So, all you got to do, it's going to be pretty easy tonight. We want you to share the stream on Facebook if you're there because that helps us out and it's free and easy. All you got to do is click. But really what we're going to do is pick a comment, somebody who comments from either YouTube or Facebook and that'll be the winner. So, the more times you comment, the more chances you have to win. I'll, I'll put all the the scrolling names in a, in a deal and then I'll pick a winner after the show's over. So share us on Facebook, but really just comment on YouTube or Facebook. Let us know where you're listening from. And there we go. We'll pick a winner of some sweet Revo's and Revo's going to be at ICAST this week. We'll see what they have to, to debut down there. That's have correct. A, some chatter glasses or anything crazy like that. I think, uh, me, me and Dar Sizzle are going to be selling, uh, Revo bikini clad posters. Really? Yeah, so you choose who your favorite is. I'm not trying to put any pressure on anybody, but uh, okay, Every, everything's okay there. these days, Ryan. So you should get equal love. Is what you should get. I would hope so. I mean, yeah. I'm out here. I'm out here grinding. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So as you guys come on, please help us and share this. And then, like I said, comment on YouTube or Facebook. Go over and subscribe on YouTube if you're not already. Uh, as always. So we got a big show tonight. We got Jason Barofka, aka. J- JT's dad on here. He's going to give us JT JT update. We're going to talk a little uh, bass opens with him because you know he's had a he's had a kind of an up and down year, but he's sitting pretty good in the open standings. And then I want to get his opinion on that new information drop on the opens themselves. For sure. For there, I mean, you saw social media blow up when that announcement was made, and there wasn't a lot of positivity that came from it. I know there were some people that came to the defense of bass as always, but. Uh, I mean, that just that seemed like a seemed like a tough move on something that was kind of built on the availability of the opens being open. But right, we'll see. Right. Uh, and then the second half of the show, who else we got coming on, Ryan? You got another special guest lined up. My boy Ryan Harder from Z-Man. Uh, I don't know if you guys have have seen yet. Uh, Z-Man dropped a little teaser video, and Wired to Fish picked it up as well. Uh, the new Z-Man Hellraiser Topwater thing uh i want to talk to ryan about that i want to see what the thought process was behind it does it work is it a gimmick like i want to know personally uh you know i mean as a as a z-man representative out here uh was this like fat cat newton's uh cash and ride that had a bait caster on top and a spin caster on the bottom i want to know right right there's a real i've got a real article of it pulled up here so i don't know if they're trolling us or what but we'll we'll share that we're gonna find out (laughs) i'll tell you in like uh, a day when I get down there tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to be down at ICAST. I'm sure we can watch Ryan's uh, Instagram story and see what's going on down there. But uh, we talked about Revo. Let's talk about the other sponsors before we continue on. Of course, Dugout Bait and Tackle, they'll be down there at ICAST cruising oh, yeah. around for new stuff, won't they? Jamie will be Oh, down. yeah. Steve O and Jamie will be on the prowl for sure. Okay. And then Western Sun, of course, they won't be at ICAST as a they will uh, be. exhibitor, but they'll be <laughs> they down will there. They will be at ICAST. They'll be down there one way or the other. So, as a refreshment. Yeah, as a refreshment, as a hidden refreshment. So we If you see it, me you at know. any any uh, ICAST bar, uh, Western Sun on me. So track me down, and, uh, and I'll buy you some Western Sun. There you go. You heard it here first. And then, of course, I'm sure we'll see an abundance of Game Changer posts coming up later in the week. So. You know, I mean, there hasn't been a lot of – you talk about real hype before ICAST. Generally, this is the week where we see kind of those build up, dramatic, dark room, dimly lit kind of 
kind of precursors, we haven't really seen a lot. I don't know if the game's going to change this year. I'm kind of nervous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's been kind of, like you said, quiet, from especially from the, the heavy hitters, so to speak, the companies that you know have a lot of, a lot of money and R&D and stuff. Not much to drop. What do you feel like's left, side? Jeff? Like, what do you feel like we have left here as far as game changers go? What, what bridge have we not crossed yet? Uh, maybe an airboat. An airboat. Maybe, uh, <laughs> All right. A jet, boat, jet, jet boat yeah. kayak. That'd be, okay. That'd be a drone cool. kayak. Yeah. Underwater uh, submarine drones outfitted. Do you with think the, underwater uh, cameras is going to be the next thing? And we can talk about this with Jason, too, because he's seen all the... I mean, there's already underwater shit. drones available that you can remote control and swim around down there. Is that so. going to be it? Do you think it's going to be submarines swimming your bait to the fish? Is that going to be the next easiest maneuver to catch fish, you think? Just with a tiny grappling hook and just grab them, bring them to the surface. How long do you think before they feature live bait at ICAST? Like just <laughs> a new breed of shiner. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be like bottled water. Like the scheme they pulled on us with bottled water, they just figured out how to sell you water in a bottle. You can just rebrand bait God, as something new. So smart. So yeah. smart. Power yeah. bait? Would you call it that? What yeah, would you, yeah. <laughs> you call it? Better than power bait. It's live bait. Damn it. Okay. Know. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see news of the week, man. There was I, the big, one of the biggest news drops of the week is right here, man. Let me show, let me throw this on. Oh, okay. Okay. Moderator extraordinaire and, uh, it person slash chat monitor of the live streams, Katie Baca. They're adding to the clan there, man. Baby Baca. Look at the little old town Jersey. How about that? That's cute. That's cute. I'm yeah. super happy for them, man. Katie and Ryan love seeing them at events on the road. They're always hanging out, always putting a smile on people's faces. Congratulations to you too. That is awesome. Yeah, it's big stuff. So congrats to them. It's getting Another. listen, you talk about big stuff. <laughs> I can't imagine Ryan Backa makes a small baby. <laughs> like that's no. gonna be that's gonna be a big old, big old baby right there for sure. Yeah, that's gonna be a big baby. A little Cleveland Browns fan. I don't know if they're watching this, but they'll get a kick. Cleveland Browns probably better sign them right now in the womb. Send the contract over. Yeah, I'm just you have the opportunity. Big time Steelers fans, rivals. Uh, The other the other news of the week from Bass, where you know we already talked about Bass a little bit with their opens, but John Stewart out at Bass. Yeah, I didn't know how we were going to broach that topic, but you decided. So (laughs) I saw. I saw. I think I saw the email shared from one of the one of the local Bass Nation groups. But yeah, apparently uh John Stewart is out at Bass. Again, we don't know if this is April Fools or what, but uh, you know, feel free to chime in in the comments. Is this good, bad, or indifferent? I don't know if you know who John Stewart was, but he came on here and uh came on the show and basically said that kayakers shouldn't fish except in the daylight and 30 yards off the bank. So he, uh, he definitely made a name for himself on the nation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, John's been around a while and done a lot of stuff on the bass boat side for sure. Runs all that, you know, the bass nation stuff over there. So to read his email and basically he wanted to continue on with them, but he couldn't work remote. And he just said, Hey, enough's enough. So good on him. He's going to open uh, look like a fisherman's lodge over on grand yeah. Lake or near grand Lake. So that's close to me. So good for him. Enjoy retirement. I mean, I appreciate his approach. Like, (laughs) I tried to work with you, didn't want to. So, see you later, pal. Yeah. So, I'll be curious to see what they do. Does that affect the kayak series in any way? Do they say, you know what, we got enough on our plate, we're not doing this anymore, or does someone else take it and run with it? I'll be curious to see what they do with that. I don't know. Uh, Jesse made made a good point. Who's going to lead the the kayak tournaments now? Uh, I'm assuming uh, Dwayne Wally. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who's (laughs) doing. I don't know who's doing it. Lane probably texted me for that one. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that was Jeff again, please. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously they've got Tourney X there, and Dwayne has, has been a resource for them, but I don't know who will actually run. They only have one left this year, but yeah. Who, who well, but I mean, I would assume like going forward, you know, they're trying to set up the, the classic that's going to be held out of Knoxville this next year. So there's obviously that kayak five minutes is going to tie into that. So they're going to have to have somebody to run that and hopefully set up the schedule. And I mean, I think they were doing scheduling around this time last year. Like they were trying to finalize scheduling around ICAST between ICAST and September last year. So I wish, you know, I really wish Jay Wallen would watch our podcast, Jeff. So he wouldn't message us during it the whole time. I know. I'm glad I got the uh, baby picture off the screen before an inappropriate meme came across the screen. You never know Love what it. could happen. Love it. 
Uh, we got folks asking, will Bass hire someone that actually knows how kayak tournaments work? And Jesse Halverson saying, no info on the classic. It's not the classic. It's the Basque Master Kayak Series Championship. The classic Duh. is. We already know Duh. what the classic is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It'll be curious to see how that how that shapes up. I hope you know there's a few really, really highly qualified kayak tournament directors out there that would do a fine job if they would just uh, write them a check and say, "Hey, take care of this." So yeah, we'll see. We tried that. We pushed for that for a couple of years. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And we got Slay Nation over on uh, YouTube watching and Wizard Works. I think Wizard Works is uh, who is that? Who is Wizard Works? What's your name? Real name? I don't know what your real what name is. What if? Right on what if these people just use their names so we would know who they were? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, is it Wild Bill? Did Wild Bill make a new name? I don't know. Hey, Bob says the the kayak classics heading to Watts Bar. That's what he said. Uh, I'm Bob sorry. Bob knows. Well, honestly, I. <laughs> oh, that's Ramel. I'm sorry. Wizard Works is Ramel. My my worst my worst finish on Watts Bar is third. <laughs> so I'll. I'll go back to Watts Bar because that seems to be the only Tennessee River Lake that I can fish nowadays. So yeah, there you go. That'd be good. Oh uh, shit! Never mind. I didn't qualify. So oh, I'll stay at the house. Oh, that sucks. Um, I didn't either, so I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Let's have uh, one more shot. I think I can do a tournament this fall. I may even come over to Pickwick because I need redemption. Oh, I was going to say, what's the last one? Pickwick. Yeah. Yeah, Pickwick. That's only six hours from here. Yeah, we can make a run at that one, I guess. We need yeah. to. If they would announce that it's Watts Bar, I honestly probably would fish Pickwick to try to qualify. Can you and I team fish it? Can we Bluetooth gang it and get in together, qualify together? Can we do that? I, well, that's going to require probably one of us to catch fish, at least pre-fishing. So I all don't right. know. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make it. We'll try. We'll try. <laughs> Let's give it a uh, shot. All right. Well, what do you say we get uh, Jason in here, man? Talk a little. Let's do it. Let's do fishing, it. Let's do fishing it. and JT, a little fishing and competition. Fishing and competition. <laughs> Damn. Oh, boy. What's up, guys? What's up, Jeff? There he is. What's up, Jeff? Ryan, man, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. What are you oh, doing, yeah. you old pro? Uh, just hanging out. I'm at, uh, what time is it? 7.40. So I'm drinking some coffee. Whoa. I like coffee. Yeah. Long night ahead, huh? <laughs> nah, yeah. I was, uh, I had, uh, it was my turn to sleep with JT last night. We didn't have a night nurse, so I'm just I got you. I got staying you. alive here. It's all good. I'm used to it, but uh, I want to be up and at him for this. So. That's cool. You're a man after my own heart, man. Lambert drinks whiskey and stuff all night. I drink coffee 24-7. I can't drink all that other stuff. <laughs> Coffee's poison, brother. I ain't putting nothing like that in my body. Tar. Just tar water. How is JT? Tell us. I mean, obviously, it's been about a year since – we did the whole Save JT tournament, and, and, you know, we obviously saw a huge outpouring of support from coast to coast on this. But how, how's the little fella doing? You know what? He's doing really good. Uh, that, that was an amazing time. Uh, I, if I went, to, went back to that, I can't tell you how good uh, that made us feel. We, we were through, going through a lot at the time, transitioning from California to Texas, and then that all happened and it was just like, I don't know. It was just it just felt really amazing that you, you guys and actually the whole entire community kayak community uh, was there for us and helped him out. And man, he's doing, he's doing really good. You know, he still has an extremely rare disease. He's not out of the woods at all. Uh, but overall he's, uh, he's going to be four, four years old in September. He's growing. He's getting bigger. He's got a lot of really awesome things happening. I could get into some of the stuff from the lab, but I'll just start off with, you know, he's, uh, he's got some very good head and neck control. He's able to uh, get off his ventilator for three hours a day now, which they told us he's never getting off of that. And, um, and then tomorrow is his first day where he's going to be actually eating some food. So he's had swallow tests. He's, he's able to drink water. He's getting stronger. He has so many amazing things going his way. Uh, you know, and it, it's we, we try to just focus on those things and not think of the, the rough stuff. Like he still has TPI, he's still weak, still can't walk, he's still on a ventilator. But overall, he's extremely happy. He's doing very well, and um, it's, yeah, I'm gonna as soon as he's he's cheering up. He had a little late nap, but um, we're gonna bring him out here and so you guys can see him. Hopefully, he's in a good mood because he wasn't in a good mood. He, he wanted to go sleep for the night. We didn't want. We were like, "Yo, you gotta wake up, man! You're gonna be getting up at two in the morning. We can't be doing that." 
So uh, <laughs> anyway, a normal little boy now, and you know, I mean, not normal, but I mean, you you, you can see the different stuff in, in, going on with him. You know, he's excited. He puts off little fits and stuff. And right now, he's still grumpy. Oh, wife's walking in and out. Oh. He's uh, watching truck tunes. He's watching truck tunes. He's just like a little boy watching. He watches the trucks, dinosaurs, anything that smashes stuff or like eats <laughs> things. That's what he likes. Yeah. And he's smiling more than ever. Um, things are good. And things I are saw just he good. had a pretty sweet little bulldozer looking wheelchair there that he was, he was cruising in. What, what's that yeah. about? Yeah, that was really cool. So that that thing, we, we, it's not here now because they we fit him in it. He tried it out, and he had to prove that he can steer it. And we videotaped him. We proved it. Uh, those type of things take some time, unfortunately. So we're at a, it's two weeks from now. We get a fitting, and then I think in another week after that, he gets it back. But we've been without it for three months so really that's awesome man. that's a that's a cool looking little deal man i'm sure it'll you know give him some independence you know being able to to go exactly. where he wants to and whatnot yeah the independence thing is huge i mean you know they, they tell us you know, you're gonna see his fight face light up and just seeing him be able to move around on his own it's just changes it. he's super excited and I think that's just with any of us, you know, and we got something really positive going on. We're just excited. We feel good and um, moving forward. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's unreal. Tell people that are watching that were involved in that last year. Um, you know, you talked about after the after the fundraiser, the impact that made being able to hire some more research staff yes. or fu or fund research staff going forward. What kind of ground were they able to make up uh, over this last year on, on the research side of things with trees so, or whatever? Yeah, so I actually, I actually, um, I actually hung out with the doctor, his whole entire family after I left my last tournament last weekend, and I was in Pittsburgh for the whole week. And we had a big barbecue with everybody in the lab and also the new people in the lab, um, and I actually talked to them today just to get some quick notes for this because, believe me, when these guys talk, they're talking another language when it comes to science. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the overall just. Just that money that was funded and sent to the lab was allowed them to open up doors to hire not just one, but it also made the school look like, wow, you guys have funding coming in. We're going to approve some also some students as well because it just it just looks good. It continues to look good, and they approve students. So I'm about to make a post, and it's going to be tomorrow, and you guys can go on uh, JT's Instagram, and you'll see some photos that I took when I was with these young um, geniuses. And if I was just I was just blown away at how dedicated these these people are dedicating their entire life to this project. I mean, literally, like they're going through college for four years, studying TPI, trying to save um, not only my son but the other ten now that we know of, um, or other nine uh, kids in the world affected by. It. But you know, they're, they're they've uh, they've accomplished the biggest three things, and one is completely fully validated a drug screening platform. And I had them, they explained it to me and I had them re-explain it to me today. So like fully validating a plat drug screening platform means that it's official. Like they have a drug screening platform. They can screen drugs and when they get hits, it's official. And official means if it's a real thing it, it, and it's, it's working, it goes on to the next step. Sometimes, you know, when they're just trying to prove stuff ahead of time, they're doing drug screen, but now that it's completely official and it's all came about in the last couple months. So here comes JT. He's coming around. What's up, buddy? Well, say hi to everybody. So he's on his vent. He's off the vent right now. Here, buddy. <laughs> man, look at him. Hi. What's say up, hi. my man? Hey, buddy. He doesn't like to be on camera. He can see he himself. Likes <laughs> he likes to play cool on camera. I like that. Yeah, like, cool. he's like, come on, where's mom? Oh, you're okay. Oh. Say hi, big boy. Say hi. Can't be What's up? What's up to the nation? <laughs> hey. We got to do. We got to do a noon episode for JT. He is not. He, <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he ain't want to hang out with us tonight. What's wrong? Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> he wants his mom. He's not. Well, that's all right. Oh. That's all right. It was smiling. It's all right, JT. Oh. Thanks for coming by. <laughs> Yeah, if I hold him, he'll be fine. <laughs> so, so with that validation and all that stuff, uh, 
there's a, another thing that kind of fell into place. Not only do we have some genius young people and some other doctors, but the other labs have opened up recently. Uh, we had three positive hits, meaning hits, positive things going for them. And now we have 10. We have 10 positive things going as far as a, not only just a treatment that keeps them stable, but also a cure. Uh, the, um, the, the doors that open up are more robotic robots that can screen. I mean, I can get deep on this. They can screen cells super fast now. It's not like they can just, they're working on three things and they're putting all their time and effort into three. It's like they can hook up to this machine that scans overnight. will scan 50,000 different things at a time. And once they find a hit, then they need proof. So they have to scan it like 200,000 times to make sure that that is actually a real hit. On top of that, some of the, the focus also too is one of the one of the people, the um, younger gentleman that got hired, and and um, his name's Jake, but he also finalized. It's called a, a mouse model. So sorry if someone's listening, you're sensitive to mice or whatever. Getting you know whatever they don't make it. But you can turn off the stream. We don't care about off. no rats unless they're spros. So to make a mouse model is very difficult. It takes years. And uh, they've been able, these people have been able to fast forward it in just within a month and a half. And they've created the perfect mouse model, not just the one that we were using before. And now they're able to test everything. You have to test living on a living cell organism, not only just JT's cells, but um, watching a room full of rats, uh, you know, doing, doing their thing. And so we've, uh, we've, They've got that done. I mean, it, the overall, if you look back at COVID, even when we moved, they were slowed down. Uh, Pittsburgh, the university, and the, also, the building that they're in is a government building. Unfortunately, it's in that building. And now that COVID restrictions are lifted, just in the last three and a half months, things have sped up so fast. Before that, even when we were doing um, all, you guys were doing all the fundraising and we, that kayak term was going on. We still were not sure what was going on there because I mean, we, we knew what was going on. They want to hire some people, but there was a lot of blockage to it. COVID stopped everything. Stopped. It, it just slowed everything down. They can only have a certain amount of people in the room. Even if the room was huge, the size of a warehouse, you can only have so many people in there. But now that that's opened up, people are pouring in. They are still looking to hire uh, a couple of people that have some job positions opening, but, Unfortunately, the world's just in that situation right now where you can't hire anybody. Um, fast food place, McDonald's can't even hire anybody, and neither can – it's hard to find a scientist. But they have more than they had in the last three years, and they're they're jamming on it. And it, it was super – hey, there you go. There, there he is. There he is. He's there smiling he is. now. <laughs> you better move. JT, my man. He's always doing her squats with him. There. <laughs> There he is. He's a, he gave yeah. us a he gave us a look. Yeah. He's like, yeah. So yeah, you know we uh, we're just hanging in there, and we know, and I know that they're getting closer and closer and closer. The best thing is, is what we have already. He's getting treated with is just some extreme vitamin compounds that they discovered that can stabilize him. And overall, he's just a super strong kid, and he's growing, and he's he's just doing. He's making his own miracles happen too. And um, from his lungs, I mean, his lungs look clear. And I said, man, he just looks better every time. That's why we're doing the vent trials. He can go more than three hours, but we're just weaning him off. We want to get it to the point where he can be off of that for a whole day. Once he starts eating food, that's part of the speech therapy. I didn't know this, but you actually swallowing and all those muscles are the same muscles you used to talk. And so that's mm -hmm. part of speech therapy. He has to swallow and eat first, then he can work, move on to words. And the independence with the chair is amazing. That chair is like, I, I looked it up. It's like more than my truck. <laughs> like the value of it, it's unbelievable. It's <laughs> high tech. Like I can't believe it costs that much. I mean, luckily, this, you know, the state and stuff uh, covers most of it. So, um, but still, yeah, uh, we're, we're, in, we're in a good spot, you guys. We are, I would say, a whole lot better than it was last year. I think our overall, just just as a family in a whole, you know, we're able. We got 24-hour nurse care now. We don't have any now, but right now, but we have we're, we have a lot more nurse care, and we're able to spend more quality time with JT instead of just. I mean, can you imagine just being a nurse 
for your kid. You like you sleep with them, you gotta do all this stuff. Where do you um, and then the time you spend with them, the fun time, it's just it's exhausting. Now we're able to sleep, play with them, have a good time, and uh, yeah, yeah. So things are good. That's so, awesome. What is, what does the testing process look like as far as early detection? Because that was one of the things with this, you know, super rare disease. And, and one of the things that uh, JT got lucky on initially was the detection and recognition that he might potentially have this super rare disease when y'all first had taken him in. Is there progress as far as uh, detection now when these, you know, infants come in with these with these cases? Yeah, so as, as far as I know, when he got tested, uh, the, the new test was this new, um, what they call it, Tara? It was the uh, genetic panel. Oh, a, a genetic panel, but it was like more of a, a broader genetic panel test. And this genetic panel test at that time was not covered by insurance, would take up to six months to get done. JT's was fast forwarded into a couple months because of some people, that, uh, the doctors had some pull. But now, as far as I know, those genetic panel tests are ready available for bigger hospitals like Dallas Children's, the, the more high-tech hospitals. So if there is any other kids that are coming up with some extremely rare diseases, um, it's available now. It's been a couple of years since. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't know, but I'm, I would imagine they even have one that's faster and more accurate and more extreme. Uh, that I don't know how much rarer you can get than this, but... Yeah, it's more available, and uh, the odds of at least someone in the U.S. having the same thing, it will be probably discovered at a young age. It's it's a lot it's a lot better, uh, you know. Unless you know, you just get that. Unfortunately, you get that doctor that, that just assumes it's something else. Hemolytic anemia. You know, we we were very very fortunate that we were at Stanford at that time, and I'm not dogging on any other hospitals because Dallas Children's is amazing. But there's, you know, there's thousands of hospitals all over. Uh, they were definitely on the cutting edge of the science of it. And we just fell into the right doctors at the right time. And, and uh, if it wasn't for that, I don't think I, we wouldn't be anywhere where we're at now. That's unbelievable, man. That's awesome to hear. And, and as always, it's always inspirational, really, to see you and your wife and how you guys – kind of plow through it and handle it with such, I mean, I know there's probably tough times behind the scene, but you always seem to have smiles on your faces and you're encouraging JT and, you know, just kind of getting through that t together as a family. So it's always good to see it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely um, one thing that Tara and I talk about a lot. I mean, we have our hard times, but you guys like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen parents and they're pushing a stroller around or they've got their kid is heavily disabled. Um, maybe a very difficult down syndrome situation. And, most of the time when you see the couples together, they're really positive people when you meet them and, and you kind of wonder, man, how do they do that? And, and honestly, I kind of, I kind of know now you just, you gotta be positive. Um, you know, your son or whoever is in that situation doesn't want to see us, you know, in a sad mood, you know, it's okay to be upset sometimes. And, and, but you know, you gotta be try to just be positive and, and, you know, this whole thing changes your way on how you look at life and, how you look at things and things that are were very tough for us before are tough even just for me. If I was like extremely tough, if I was on the road traveling, it was just having a tough time are not tough anymore. And um, it's in a lot of ways, it's um, it's made us better as, as a couple. And I know I feel a lot better about myself as well. PMA, you know what they call it? PMA all the time and everything, positive mental attitude. <laughs> It's uh, it's contagious. Um, <laughs> That's awesome, Ryan. I know we wanted to get a JT update, but we wanted to talk a little fishing with Jason too, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, you you uh, you are a fisherman. You are part of this this whole big game, and you know, number one, tell us kind of how your season's gone in, in your own career and then we want to kind of branch out into some of the news that's came out here in the last uh, few days as well. Oh, I've I've been hearing about that news a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I've been very fortunate to uh, be able to get back into a lot of it was um, my family was pushing me to get back out there, you know, being cooped up in the house and taking some time off. And then now that I moved to Texas, decided to fish the bass opens. And uh, if it wasn't for uh, 
I mean, be honest with you, if it wasn't for my family, like my mom and stuff uh, that really been helping us out. And believe me, I'm not living luxury life. We're, I'm, I'm tenting it, guys. I'm, I'm 44 years old. I'm tenting it. I'm cutting as much as I can just to make it work. And But I'm having a great time fishing the bass opens. The season so far has been wild. I, I really I, – I, I, everybody's saying, yeah, man, you're doing so good. I'm just – I feel like at some point I feel like I wasn't doing that good. I mean, if I look at my finishes, um, I did have one top ten, and I got another check at uh, Ross Barnett. But other than that, I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been a learning curve. <laughs> I'll give you that. I mean, I'm lost <laughs> with you. And I, 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 very, I went into this just saying I'm just very fortunate to be back out fishing, you know. And I went into this going, I want to just try to make the elites. I'm not trying to win the tournament. Just trying to just stay consistent and uh, showing says, up. And, says that so casually. I'm just trying to make the elites. I'm not trying <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I know. I, I know. I, I mean, I get this like humble. I try to be the most humble person possible, but I'm telling you, I mean, I felt like on the West Coast, I just had it. Like it was, it was like not saying I get a check every tournament, but it was pretty close. And and coming out here, it's like whoa, you know, the lakes are massive. The competition is completely different. There's people uh, that can actually fish the further east you go is the craziest part, I think. Yes. And when locals <laughs> meet, yeah. no. Yes. <laughs> when, when they, yes, that's true. When they say there's locals, I mean, they're, they're not joking around. These guys can catch them. Um, and, and so the best shot was to fish all nine. And it's been, it's been unbelievable. I've never been to Florida. I've never been to any of these places. And just to show up and – and do, do as good as I have has been very fortunate. I've learned so much, and you, you you gotta keep an open mind in this game. I don't care if you're young or you're older. You gotta keep learning. There's no way you if you if you just say, "Oh man, I know it all," you're not gonna go anywhere. And I'm just learning as I go. Honestly, I learned a lot this last tournament. Trust me. I, <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, yeah. It's tough. It sometimes it's tough, but I've I've, I've had really a, a great time with bass. The first time I've actually fished bass was with the kayaks, and um, yeah, that was up in third before the last tournament. I was like, I'm looking at it right now. I wasn't I was in third place. So all you guys in the front, if any of you guys are watching, got lucky. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens. We still have four tournaments to go, and from what I'm hearing, the the next two are going to be the toughest tournaments. So, yeah, um, we got Chesapeake Bay, and then we got the Red River, which they said is uh, is the one that's going to burn. Nine pounds. Hell, they keep. Why do they keep having tournaments on the Red River? Like Bozier okay. City's budget must just be through the freaking roof Absolutely. to keep pulling tournaments to the. I mean, that has to be probably bottom five worst fisheries in the United States. Like how do they continue to have tournaments there? I've been, yeah, that's all I've been here. I can't find anything real. I mean, I'm real positive. It's rough, dude. If you get into double digits, you, I feel like you've, you've done a miraculous thing on the red river. Early September. I heard is, and everybody said that (laughs) early September is the worst time to have a tournament there. That's about the worst time you can fish a tournament anywhere on, on the Southern half of the United States. I feel like. Yeah. So there's a mm. prediction out there. I don't know if that's right, but they said a third of the guys won't catch a fish. Really? Uh, I, mean, I would say that's, that's yeah, 200% accurate. I, I, I feel like a third would be catch. lucky if, <laughs> if it's only a third that doesn't get a bite. <laughs> have you, uh, have you slid back into any kayak tournaments since the, uh, championship stage? No, I, I haven't, but I have messed around with my kayak out here a little bit. I got a little private lake. Well, not a private lake, but a little small lake near Farmersville been goofing off in the, in the kayak a little bit. Um, have you entered any monthly online tournaments? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> sounds no. like, sounds like you're in the right spot. <laughs> you know, what, you know, what, actually I'll be honest with you guys. I, uh, I, um, uh, Gene Jensen, uh, fluke master Gene Jensen guy. When I roomed with him at the, at the, not the kayak classic, but the kayak championship. When I was rooming with those Thank guys, I, I didn't know who Gene Jensen was. Honestly, I didn't know. I was just out there with Greg Blatcher, Gene Jensen, and radiology. I, I showed up to the uh, <laughs> uh, the, the were, y'all, were y'all bank fishing, or were you? 
Three on the water. <laughs> we were just hanging out there, and I was listening to them talk about kayaks, and uh, yeah, they were just telling about their kayak stories. And I'm just like, whoa, I um, this another world I'm in. And uh, I showed up with this plastic board, um, and they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I got my board," and they're like, "No, you have to have the the catch'em board." And I'm like, "What are you kidding me?" Catch'em board. That'd have been a better name. Yeah, yeah. Duke, Duke Sun, missed like, out on that one. Is that what's called? Catch'em board? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. So, Gene let me borrow it for the tournament. And since I haven't bought one, so I haven't really fished the tournament because every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, I got to order one of those, you know, the, the legit board. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I haven't given up on the kayak thing at all. I still got it. It's actually – I got a nice cover for it. My, my kayak's in good shape, and I would – if there was one at Ray Hubbard right here, and, and I know ahead of time, I would jump right in it right away. I mean, I'm yeah, right next yeah. to the lake, so okay. There you go. Get a hold of Double Deuce Trans. So, he'll let sounds you know. like yeah, sounds like a challenge. Somebody put a tournament out there. Yeah, Cliff <laughs> Allen was watching. Cliff, let this man know when there's a tournament. Um, you know, we kind of piggyback on that about your season in the opens. Uh, what'd you think about this news about the new qual standards for the opens? You're fishing them all this year anyway, so yeah. What'd you What'd you think about that? I've uh, I I brought up a a, a a response to a social and I don't post anything negative on social media or anything. And when Smart. I first heard about it, people were saying, "Oh, this is the now it's the trust fund baby league, and um, you know you have to you have to be rich to fish it all." And I uh, I posted something on there. Of course, I lost the, the post, but. I, I replied to this. Uh, it was on Clark Reams' page, and um, I, I said, "You know, I, I'm fishing all nine this year, and I understand. I understand why why some are upset, but I think for me, if I was to do it again, say say I go next year and I'm fishing them again, it's going to benefit. I, I feel like it would be better for for myself. I'm all in. I want to qualify. I don't want to." Just get lucky. And don't think I'm just saying to somebody, you're just getting lucky if you're fishing three. I just feel like I'm all in. I'm trying my best shot to make it. Sleeping in a tent, I'm eating sandwiches. I don't want to hear someone say that it's a trust fund baby league because my family and I are we're making a lot of sacrifices to make it happen. And when I do make it happen, it's going to be even harder to make it happen again. And a lot of things, I, I think – I, I was a little bummed on they said there's only nine qualifying. I wish it was 12. Um, you know, it should have just kept it at 12. Nine, okay, but I get it. But realistically, I'm fishing nine tournaments right now. If you look at Jason Christie and Scott Martin, I think they qualified at sixth and seventh in the points, and they're like the last ones to get in because of there's double qualifying in different ways. If someone double qualifies in one division, then it drops down the overall list. That's why you fish all nine. You have a better shot at making it. Now, if you look at it the other way, you're like, man, a local guy from the Southern Division comes in, um, kicks butt on his two home lakes he's good at, and then does halfway decent on one. He gets in. I put all this effort in. And then also, you know, I put all this effort in. They made it in. I'm not jealous. That, that that's, just, it, that's how it is. But that's how it is. That's how it is. But I feel like this way they're going would benefit someone like me that really um, is fully dedicated. And not that they're not. I'm just saying – you know, with everything from social media, everything I'm all in, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Of course, I'm going to want to fish all nine. What are you going to do when you make it? If you're doing three, how are you going to afford the elites? I mean, that's like 60, 70,000 bucks, you know, and, and, and then, then he, from a elite guys um, version or guys in the pro, and I'm not going to name drop, but I know guys, they, a lot of them feel this is a good move because can you imagine fishing? You're in the elites. And they knock out so many guys, you know, a high percentage of guys can't make it. They might either, you know, they just don't requalify, but then you got guys coming in and it's supposed to be the elites. And uh, all I'm saying is I, I really feel that um, you're going to have a more dedicated crowd fishing. And someone's going to hate me for this. I know it, but I think you're going to have a real dedicated crowd fishing all nine and to qualify other than just somewhat, um, some guys getting in, you know, out of three tournaments. But yeah. do you, you know, think I, that I, takes some of the weight away from it being called the opens and being the opens? Like, I feel like some of these divisions and how it's set up, it's the opens because you can go 
build houses for three weeks, let's say, <laughs> and and yeah. take off a few days and go fish against these guys that you know maybe have more of an opportunity to to travel around and you know they're not doing x y or z to put food on the table they can go focus on these tournaments and pre-fish and you know get their ducks in a row or whatever for all nine but the the open concept i feel like they whittled a lot of the opportunity down from my perspective by taking it from the opens to saying you have to fish all nine for to i want to put this in in perspective for our audience the kayak anglers if hobie said hey listen you got to fish all nine if you don't fish all nine don't even sign up for my shit how many people do you think are going to drop from a 200 angler field to down to fish all nine i would i would seriously venture to say maybe 60 to 80 is what you would see if if, if kayak fishing made the same move that that and, the and that's at our that's at our little bit of entry fee too right yeah now. that's at a minuscule entry fee I, I just wonder if that has hurt the overall opportunity for the masses, not for the, you know, obviously if you look at bass fishing as a whole, you've got millions of people that do it all the time recreationally or, or in tournaments or whatever. Obviously their goal is to make it to one of these professional leagues. But if you, you whittle it down and you say, okay, a hundred of you guys or 120 of you guys, have set your life up to where it allows you this opportunity to go. And people can say, oh, anybody can do it. Well, I mean, <laughs> anybody maybe can do it, but I mean, that's still a good, you're looking at what, 35, 40, 45 grand in expenses total. Once you factor in entries, travel and whatnot, I mean, that's a good chunk of money. So you can't say anybody can do it because anybody doesn't have a you know, let's say on the low end, a $60,000 bass boat in the garage to go out and be competitive in this stuff. I just, I wonder how much it's pigeonholing to like, you either have, you know, a super stable backing or, or it takes that much, you know, sacrifice or borrowing or betting on yourself, however you want to phrase it to, to look into it. I, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, Back to uh, yeah, my, my thoughts on that. So, so there's there is a lot of I've been talking with some of the guys in the campgrounds and stuff. So there is there's already a, a bunch of guys that are dropping out. So they fork out all the money. They're banking on they're 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 not they don't have all the money or they're just gonna save it for the next year. They're banking on making it. And once they've already finished a certain amount, I mean especially after this last one, they're kind of like, look, I'm not gonna make it. I would, I'll just back out, lose my deposits and move on. Another thing about like the participation, I don't know the exact amount, but I do know that like my buddy Sig Taylor was going to fish the Southern division. Uh, he had his wife plan to sign him up for all three for the Southern divisions right as soon as it went going on. And he had a timestamp that was one hour after the signups were over. And I said, you're in. He said, yes. He texts me three days later. Is he, did you get a confirmation? And I said, yes, I just got it. But I signed up for all night, so I have a priority. He got a confirmation, or, or he got notified that he wasn't in. Then he called 190th on the wait list. Out of 225 votes for the Southern, he was 190th an hour after the signups were done. So I think Bass is, I don't know this, but if I've never even, I couldn't believe it. And then another um if Cameron's watching, I think he was, he was supposed to ruin it. I think he, he was delayed too. And I, I could be wrong. Cameron Smith, uh, or, um, yeah, his buddy Cameron and he was 160th or something. He was, his timestamp was just like 10 minutes before six. So the overall amount of people trying to get in, I'm pretty sure Bass saw this and they're like, Whoa. And I, I know when I tell someone that they're like, I didn't know that. And I'm like, so, I mean, he showed me. There's a lot. There's there's like a thousand people trying to fish these tournaments. So they go. They're like, okay, look, you guys don't want to fish. You got to fish them all. Okay, so uh, that's going to naturally thin that out. It may be in there. It's going to thin that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but does I mean, that make it less of an open? Like, if you're talking it, about, you know, open, I hear you saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it, it's not necessarily this is an open event in your area. This is now closed to anyone that can't fish across the country. It's what series. it turned it into. If, yeah. If you want to make the elites, you could still right. fish it. You right. But I mean, if they're having the opens, here's my thing. 
why not just make a middle ground? Why not just have a tournament series in the middle that is an actual series? You advertise it as that up front, and you don't change the thing that in people's perception has always been the working man's way to fish it in. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the, yeah. the Southern Open, you know, whatever it is, like, okay, I may have to take off three weeks of work, but I feel like I can do well enough to shoot my shot and qualify to the elites. You've now made it to where you have to take at least minimum nine weeks off of work and travel around the country. Like they, they've oh, literally wow. changed the entire paradigm of chasing the dream. And I get it. Some people want the dream more than others. Some people have the ability to sacrifice more than others, but you have literally changed the approach, uh, you know, for people's lives on how they can attain this, this certain goal of theirs. Oh yeah. I was just talking, I mean, just before I got here with my buddy Brent Shores and he was like, Hey, I, I think I can, um, I got one more year and I can't do it after that. That's it. I got, I could, I could probably do it next year. And after that, I'm going to take a break. Cause that's a lot of money. I won't be able to do it. And, uh, he was kind of like me, kind of like, I see it, but I'm angry because I, I can only, I really only want to fish two divisions or one division. Um, I got other stuff I got to do. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, this is my first year with Bass. Um, from what I've seen in the past, they've changed the opens from what they had two divisions, three divisions. They've changed it a bunch. I'm sure if it doesn't work out for them, they're going to change it. I, I just feel my own way. Like if I didn't make it and I, I, I was fishing next year, it would, I feel like I, I'd have a bet, much better shot to make it instead of just, um, just cause I know, I, I know I, I would do everything I could to fish nine. Do you I think they'll, they'll fill the entire field? Do you think? I just have this feeling, you know, what, why haven't they filled it up? And I, I just have this feeling they're just waiting for guys with their legend exemptions to come back. You know, you're already seeing, look what's happening. You're already seeing some guys leaving MLF for whatever reasons, their own reasons. I don't know. And then if you also, if you, if you try to compare this to MLF, if you go and fish the MLF, uh, the tour, which I have nothing on them. I mean, they're awesome people, awesome circuit. I just want to try something different this year. But if you look at that, they only, what, how long do they take two guys get to go to the Bass Pro Tour, three guys total every year. And then if you look at Bass, you know, they get the, the, the 12 plus the, the nation guy, which I think the nation guy should, should always get to go because that's really – I mean, that's very difficult. Yeah. You know, you have to go through thousands of people. And you that, know, that – you know. Over on the, on the MLS side, you know, they're, I'm hearing three and 400 boat fields for some of those mid-level tournaments, you know, the Toyota Series. Toyota Series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're going nuts over there too. They're going um, nuts. Um, yeah. Well, I'll be curious, man. I'll be curious to see what happens with the, the overall numbers for the Opens, if it stays yeah. capped out or at least the waiting list getting knocked out. Uh, you know, maybe Bass is just trying to, like you said, to set up people so that they know if they qualify, they can they can actually make the transition to the elites and not just qualify and have to go down the list to someone else. Because if you yeah. do do all nine, you're ready to go. And, and maybe, 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 I'm just, just me thinking maybe – I mean, if I was Bass and I was the Bass Masters, I'm sure they have their own meetings and they get their own input from their anglers that are on their the Bassmaster elites. And I'm sure there's uh, there's got to be because I'm hearing it. There's there's like an overall like, I, you know, why you got to cut so many guys every year? You know, we do all this. We're here. Why you got to cut so many guys and let so many people in? I mean, this is supposed to be the elites. So let's make it harder to qualify. Um, is that something that Bass is going to – I don't know because I'm sure at some point they got to be making money on the Opens, right? All these anglers signing up. They're, they're floating it with <laughs> Bass the Bass is guys. making money on everything. I, I, everything. <laughs> that's everything. one thing that I'm very confident that Bass is doing is they are turning a massive profit on every tournament they run on purpose. Well, yeah. I tell yeah, you, we hope, we hope nothing but the best for the Opens, and we hope you make the elites, Jason, so we can cheer for you. But what we want them to do is clean up the kayak side. That's what we want For them to sure. Get, get that yeah. Yeah, what's going on with that? <laughs> well, we were hoping you were running for kayak president, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if that's uh, that's going. On. I don't know. I mean, they're going to have to hire somebody to uh, not not necessarily hire, fill a position that John Stewart was in as far as running bass kayak side. In my opinion, they definitely need to hire someone from the kayak side to run it. Uh, that's yeah. their only option to have any any remote success. I nominate Duke Tran. 
He, I've already told him that, and he cussed me out. So, but I still nominated. Right. I nominated three times, but I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. feel like we're gonna get to that point. Was John Stewart? Was he running the, uh, the the bass the nation on the West Coast too? He was running every. I mean, from my understanding, he was running yeah. everything from ocean to ocean. Yeah, he had a lot on his plate. He really did. Man, and that's the thing. Like, I don't. I, I, I don't know everything, right? So if you ask me to take you fly fishing just because I'm a fisherman, <laughs> I don't I don't I know shit about fly fishing. So I'm I'm probably not gonna be the guy for that. I feel like that is how kayak fishing tournaments fit into the realm of bass boat tournaments, right? They don't know the space. So you don't know you don't know how to run it, you don't know what the rules and regulations should be. I mean, that to me that's just asking somebody to do something that's completely out of their scope of practice. And, and I don't, I don't think that was a good move. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll uh, see how it goes. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to let Jason get out of here, man. All right. Nice. Uh, Jason, appreciate hey, you having me on. Before you slide out, give us the uh, JT info. How do we get a hold to donate or support JT? Is it savejt.com? Is that the right? So, the right? Savejt.com. If you want to uh, donate directly to the lab, just click on the link that says, um, about the doctors and it brings up the link to uh, our fund at the university Pittsburgh and um, you can donate directly there. And obviously there's a GoFundMe page on there, but you can also hit any of the social media links and click on there and give them a follow and follow his journey. That's awesome, man. Hey, we love you, brother. I'm serious. You know, wish nothing but the best. I hope you have the most success. I hope to see you on the elites and I can't wait to fish with JT. I really can't. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Hey, have a good night. Thanks for having me on. Oh, there we go. Jason Barofka, JT Update. That was awesome. Uh, so, and and good talk about bass. I know this is a is a kayak fishing deal, but we still like talking. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're, fish, we're out here yeah, fishing. Whatever, whatever. We so we've had Ryan Harder patiently waiting in front of I'm all. So the sorry. Stuff. Yeah. Let's slide him in here no now. Worries. There well, he is. Sorry, Ryan. We didn't forget about you. We didn't no, forget about you. No worries. No worries. Had a lot to cover. Yeah. A lot to cover on the JT side. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that was awesome to kind of hear an update and uh, see how he's doing. So that's great to see he's doing so well. Are you coming to ICAST? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I have a seven-week-old uh, in the house oh. here. So I'm out in the garage. Oh, yeah. The little man cave. So uh, she's uh, hopefully asleep right now, and uh, I'm just having a little quiet time <laughs> before I go to sleep. But uh, I'll, be, I'll be headed down to ICAST on Wednesday morning. I'll be there through Thursday. So should be a good time. Sweet. So you guys swing by the Z-Man booth and see Ryan if you're going to be down for ICAST for sure. So the question of the day, Ryan. Yeah, we got got a lot of exciting new stuff. Yeah, the question of the day is, are y'all trolling us or is this Hellraiser a real thing? This is a real thing. It's right here. So, you know, it's it's been really cool to kind of show it to people and sort of tease everybody with it and kind of hear what everybody's thoughts are. Anytime a new, a truly new bait, you know, all the time there's copycats in the industry and there's people basically redoing something, you know, everybody's made a jerk bait, everybody's made a crank bait, but trying to come up with something that's truly its own, you know, even, even like the Whopper Plopper. I mean, it's an amazing bait, but guess what? It was designed after something that came before it. Um, and so if then the chopper was designed with, right after that ironically yeah <laughs> so uh you know if you're not familiar in 2004 ron davis came out with the chatterbait um and obviously you know brian thrift started winning tournaments on it almost immediately uh it was kind of hush hush and then people started to see pictures of this chatterbait and they started to hear about it and they started to see a few and nobody really knew what it was. They thought, you know, you can't just throw a blade on the front of a jig and call it a chatterbait and it's going to catch fish. Well, guess what? We've been working with Ron ever since then on different bait designs. You know, a couple of years ago, we came out with the Willow Vibe. Totally different type of chatterbait design. Catches a ton of fish on really high-pressured spotted lakes and a couple other places around the country. Very unique, specific bait. But another bait that we've been working with Ron on is this Hellraiser. And uh, like you can see there in the picture, when you first look at it, you're like, what the heck is that? Um, and really, you know, if you watch this video here, you'll see that there's a couple of things going on here. 
The first thing you're going to see, obviously, is that you've got basically what almost looks like a pencil popper body, but thin down. And then on the back of that, you've got a blade that's got a weight on it. And everybody's like, what the heck? Why did Z-Man just throw a blade on the back of a pencil popper? And I get it. It looks like it's a hodgepodge of pieces. Like, it looks like, it looks like it somebody literally... dumped some pieces on your desk and you were like, all right, I got this. Hold on. Like so, a couple of so Z-Man plastics were laying around, touched each other, hardened up. <laughs> Throw a blade on the yeah. back. <laughs> Something like that. Ron Ron Davis, he's he's such a cool guy, but he he absolutely only wants to fish lures that he has made himself. So whether it's the chatterbait, the willow vibe, now the Hellraiser, he's a tinker. He loves to mess with stuff. So the first prototype that I ever saw of the Hellraiser, it literally was basically a wooden dowel that had been ground down to this general shape. He had a wire sticking in the back with some epoxy. I mean it was it was a homemade lure, but the first time we threw it was when we were like, okay, this is totally different than anything we've ever thrown before. Um, and it just kind of took off from there as an idea, and we've been working with him, and uh, yeah, we finally are able to bring it to market. And yeah, it's, it's crazy, but I'm telling you, when you throw it in the water and you hear this thing and you feel the vibration, it is literally a top water chatterbait. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. The bass have never seen it. We talk all the time about the fish see the same thing, even the jackhammer. Guess what? The fish have seen it a, a thousand times. It's a fish catcher, absolutely. But they've seen it a thousand times. Well, they've seen pencil poppers. They've seen walker ploppers. They've seen buzz baits. There's not a whole lot of fish that have seen this Hellraiser yet. And I'm telling you, it catches I've, fish. I've got two questions for you. Number one, does it yep. float? Like, it if you just not, kill it, does it float? So, no. So think, think like when you're fishing a buzz bait. When you throw that thing out there and it hits the water, it's going to sink. But as soon as you start to reel it, it pops right up to the surface. This is the exact same way. Um, so when this thing hits the surface, because of that weight on the blade, it's going to drop straight down. But this cupped face on the front, as soon as it starts coming, it just shoots straight to the surface. And to me, it's just like fishing a buzzbait. Great. My second question is, how long until Berkeley makes one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> tomorrow. We will see. <laughs> they're, they're debuting it tomorrow. Spoiler uh, alert. We will no, see. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's that's Pat pretty Tony. bad to the bone, man. Yeah. Uh, so. Jesse Halverson says he wants one just off that description. So it sounds like a, a, like a turbocharged like shower blower. So like it, it sounds like it has it's it's a bait that has a lot of action, but you've added with that blade, obviously, a, a lot more vibration associated with it. It almost looks yeah. like a, a little needle nose gar <laughs> bait with a <laughs> with well, it does. It looks like a little needle nose gar with a with a blade hanging off the back. And one thing, when you watch the video and you actually see it in the water and you, you think if you're the fish behind it, like we're looking at it and we're like, all right, it's got this weird long body and then it's got this weird blade contraption. But really what the fish are seeing is they're seeing the flash and they're seeing this feathered treble hook. When you, when you start looking at the camera angle, looking up at the back of the bait, they're not seeing all this contraption. I mean, it's got rattles inside. It's got a long slender body, but honestly that adds to the castability. Yeah. It adds a little bit of profile, but that's not what the fish are keying in on. It's almost all the fish are coming up and eating square at the back. And one cool thing about this bait. So you notice in the video it walks side to side, but that blade is, basically staying in the same spot so so whereas like a traditional pencil popper or any kind of walking bait it's shooting side to side and a lot of times you get fish they're swiping at and they miss it because this thing's going all over the place well this has the side to side action but it's not actually going to the side back and forth the tail is staying in place so the hookup ratio has been really good on on this bait. So that's what I was going to ask about keeping fish pinned with that much weight on the on the blade itself. If a fish comes up and gra you know is grabbing it from behind there, are they able to shake loose with that weight on the blade? In my experience, no. Just because this hook is still completely free from the blade, um, and honestly, when it collapses, that weight basically sits down right in front of those points on the treble hook. And uh, we, we've had awesome hookup ratios, and they stay pinned really well. See that thing again? Yeah. Look, you can put up some de them detail shots, Jeff. I'm digging. Yeah. I think so it's Florida, a man. You know, they're, they're always targeting those fish, the pinfish, whatever the heck, that swim around down there in Florida. It looks like it'd be a killer down there. I don't know. We've caught tons of fish in Florida. That's there. a we've that fish is brown. That that's a brown fish. That's, that's a brown fish. Yeah. 
Let's say as soon as I uh, say that, I scroll <laughs> to a smallmouth. <laughs> uh, what would right. it take? Let's say, let's say, if you had like a pro team guy going to Susquehanna in like I don't know, <laughs> nine days, what would it take for him to get a Hellraiser in his pocket? Uh, right. A few days. Few. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Maybe make something happen. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, this this looks. Uh, I mean obviously like nothing else but that's one it, of the reasons like i wanted to have you on here to talk about it is because <laughs> it looks like nothing like it looks like somebody just completely yeah. uh you know made this thing up yeah and then look where the line tie is like i, I know down, like i mean up under so, you know almost under the bait it's crazy yeah so that that line tie positioning we actually had to play with that a lot because if you put the line tie too far forward it kills all the side to side action it doesn't actually walk side to side at all but if you put it too far back it tends to want to swirl so we had to get that just right but where we've placed it that's why it has that tight walking action it's uh totally unique and and because of the weight on the back of it one thing i was worried when i first saw it was i thought it would helicopter when you cast it but this thing casts like a bullet it it throws a really? long ways mm -hmm. uh we got some questions coming in somebody matt zapala uh from the northeast so what sizes will it be off so, again, he asked yeah so it's we're going to start off in just this one size it's a five inch bait and it's got a five eighths ounce weight in it so all right and, and really i mean to me it casts almost like a one ounce bait would um think like uh i would say it probably casts about the same as like a 110 whopper plopper or something like that uh, maybe even a little asked, bit better somebody asked what retail is on them over on youtube southern fishing nut uh, fourteen ninety nine. Okay. Really? What a bargain! Yeah. For a topwater uh, chatterbait, we can go up on that. We can probably hit sixteen. Now, now you got to pick between a topwater chatterbait or a jackhammer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We can. We can probably. We can probably up the prize on that. I'm glad you didn't try to make that the name of it, like some sort of combination. Topwater chatter. Just top, <laughs> chatter. Topwater top. jack. The top chatter. Top hammer. No. The top yeah. hammer. Yeah. Who was it? Picasso. They came out with the. Uh, Man, the shaky, the shaky vibe God, or something dang. like that. Just yeah. don't do that. Get don't, out like of here. Hell, I like Hell, Hellraiser. That sounds good. Well, uh, <laughs> Michael Trask we, we asked, which, he, he asked if changing the hardware, like changing the trebles or whatever, does that mess with performance if you changed out the hardware? Yeah, so, so you'll notice there's a slightly smaller treble hook in the back, and we actually did that when we added the feather treble hook, um, and it just gave it a little bit better action. Um, I've played around with it. I've put all the way up to size one treble hooks on it, and it runs fine. Um, to me, it, I like to have a little bit heavier hooks on it just because when I do hook a fish, I'm burning them in pretty quick. Um, you can go lighter to slow the bait down a little bit more, but it really doesn't affect the action a ton, especially because that back treble hook isn't really moving a whole lot. Yeah, and, you know, we get a lot of people that listen to this on uh, just audio after the fact. So if you're checking this out on the podcast later, just go to zmanfishing.com and you can see all these pictures that we keep yeah. talking about on, on the uh, live stream. <laughs> We're trying to describe it yeah. in detail, but the top chatter. The we got a lot of we got a lot of pieces here. A lot of pieces yeah. here, folks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's looks pretty awesome. Matt Diesel asked, does it come in black? And it looks like it says on that graphic, Matt Black. There's one Matt, Matt Black. Matt Black, when we were designing it, I got to help with all the colors on it, and that was one of the first ones we insist we got to have a matte black i got to have a chrome because i'm from hartwell um and you better believe i've already <laughs> caught some striper and largemouth on hartwell on it um uh -oh. yeah it comes in a lot of cool colors amazing got purple yeah. dust there at the very back that last color there that's uh that's going to be your smallmouth killer i think but uh purple death yeah i like the name of that chartreuse shad ghost shad Ewing Miner says all shatter white. So as long as it comes in white, that's all. That's all, we, we got a snow. all you need, we got dude. A snow. He uh, snow he taught me that at Susky last year when he almost knocked off Jody Queen. So yeah, that's my father-in-law says that Ryan. He says, you know, them shad never change colors. I don't know why y'all changing. He said, well, we were trying. We were debating on which side of the river was clear water and which side was muddy water. And he said. All shad or white <laughs> just went out there and laid the wood to us for two days. And I was like, damn it. That little ginger was right. <laughs> he was exactly right. <laughs> so I learned something right there. Hey, Bobby Tanker said you guys could use that Saturday night. Is that true, Ryan? 
Bobby, I, I couldn't have used anything that was going to help me Saturday night. I threw <laughs> Ned rigs, Carolina rigs, Texas rigs, jackhammers, buzz baits. I couldn't, I could not buy a single bite on Chickamauga. I gave everybody a, a I don't know, two and a half hour head start because I had my daughter's birthday dinner. And uh, I got out there as the sun was going down, and I don't even think a fish even looked at anything I threw all night long. I, uh, I loaded my stuff up about 2 a.m. and headed to the house. That's funny. Yeah. Um, there wasn't yeah. nothing raising hell. Nothing raising hell on <laughs> Saturday raiser. night. The hell raiser could have saved you. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, when are these things going to hit re- retail stores? Like in fall or what, what are we talking so about? So we're expecting, yeah, we're, we're expecting on mid-September. So you'll probably see them hit retail stores early October, somewhere in that time frame. So, yeah. So Jamie Coza right had him two. Jamie Coza had him two weeks ago. <laughs> that's how that, that's how that works. <laughs> Dugout got him two weeks ago, boys. Snatch one, Ryan. I'll, I'll pay twenty bucks. Pay extra. Ooh, we. There you go. You need to talk to the other Ryan. Then you're talking to Ryan Harder. <laughs> He'll he yeah. slide you one for twenty under the table. All right. All right. Uh, no, good stuff. Um, yeah, we don't want to keep Ryan too long. I know. Uh, yeah, no. You know, we kind of ran a little late with you, but. Cool stuff. Somebody said in the comments, it's really awesome to see someone actually produce a lure that no one's seen. It's not a that was David. Or... That was David Romanus, uh, Calcos Calcos okay, fishing yeah, owner. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go, David. That, so you, you know, know, it's not a remake or anything. It's truly unique. It's cool. That was one thing. So Z Man, we haven't done a hard bait in a long, long time. And if anybody knows our old hard baits, we won't talk about those. But. Uh, you know, when we decided to sit down and say, all right, if we're going to do hard baits, we want to do it right. We want to do it different. And uh, so that's why we put a lot of time and effort and R&D and trying to figure out, okay, what bait is actually worth coming out with? You'd be amazed as a lure company how many prototypes. I don't think I got any in view right now, but uh, there's a lot of prototypes we go through that don't ever make it to market that you never see. And uh so, you know, when we, when we come out with something at Z-Man, we want it to be something we're proud of. Um, and I think the Hellraiser fits that bill just right. So. Awesome. I can't wait to see it in person. I really can't wait to get it on the water and see how the fish react to it. Anytime you throw something new, it's, it's usually like candy for the first <laughs> six months or so that everybody else figures it out. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Yep. And, and who doesn't love topwater? Something new topwater. So it's going to be awesome. I like it, Ryan. I will see you in a couple days once you make it down. Cool. Give me a shout. I'm flying in tomorrow, so I will be on site at ICAST starting Wednesday morning. There we go. Sounds Looks good. On. All, right. All right. Yeah, Ryan, thank you, man. Thanks for being patient on uh, on waiting on us there, buddy. Yeah, no problem. All right, but no have a good night, sir. So, And if anybody has any questions on any of the other new products, we've got a ton of cool new stuff coming out. Um, a lot of micro finesse baits. We've got a new micro uh, swim jig, a lot of cool stuff. So go to zmanfishing.com, go to our Instagram, YouTube, all that. You'll be able to see all the new new goodies from Z-Man. We are perch fishing in Sweden for Hobie World. So I'm planning on taking over some uh, some new finesse gear. Yep. I'm planning on taking over some some super finesse gear for uh, perch fishing. I, t- I talked to uh, Shane about that about two weeks ago. There you go. So hopefully, hopefully we can make an impact on the the Hobie World stage. There we go. It's gonna be good stuff. Sweet. Uh, great, great show as always, Ryan. Ryan Lambert, that is. Cool. Ryan and Ryan. Yeah, Ryan and Ryan. Uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys and seeing updates from Lambert down there at, at ICAST. But we'll wrap this thing up for the night. Y'all take care. I use.